Hey NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast powered by AdCraft USA. These guys are our presenting sponsors for yet another year. And they're NAIA-made players, fans, and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online shipping, and helping your customers if they have questions so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com and adcraftwebstores.com. Hey, NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAIF Ball podcast powered by AdCraft USA. Uh, You just heard the ad read for them. They are here for us every week just as we are here for you. This week, we have another treat for you. We have Central Methodist's head coach, David Calloway. Coach Calloway, how are you doing tonight? Doing all right, Corey. How about yourself? Hey, um, it is the coldest night that we've had in months. I'm I'm a Florida boy. I am not here for these cold nights. But thankfully, uh, you know, we got enough heat to get us through. Where are you located at? We are just south of Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, you know, I'm born and raised in Florida, so anything where it dips below about 55, and I'm going to start complaining about the cold real quick. Yeah, it was eight degrees here yesterday, so <laughs> I, I I am not about that life. I am not we got about. Graduate assistant from, from Tallahassee area. He caught frostbite yesterday. I'm like, you're doing eight degrees, man. What are you doing outside? <laughs> uh, I just wanted to see what it was like. No, get your butt inside. He wanted to hunt. I'm like. <laughs> You killed every. You killed your feet. They killed nothing else. <laughs> you ain't kidding. You are not kidding. Well, Coach Central Methodist had a real breakout year uh, this year. Just um, I don't want to say you came out of nowhere because we interviewed you a couple of a couple of seasons ago, and you know I I try not to interview anybody that's that's gonna stink up the joint any. Um, so, I mean, you, you've been on yep. our radar for a few years, but I mean, last year was really a breakout season for y'all, um, especially down the stretch. Um, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about, about your team offensively. Your, your offense was the duo of, of Paxton DeLauren and Catavius Taylor, uh, there, uh, just talk to me about those two and what they meant to your team last year. Well, they meant, they meant a lot last year. Catavius Taylor really is one of the main reasons for our turnaround. He's been with us for four years. He's been an honorable mention All-American each year, which uh, to me is unprecedented. I never had a student athlete be even in the honorable mention or All-American category four years straight. And he never played a full football season due to, you know, having to finish up uh, from injuries a couple of years, getting official transcripts in a couple of years. So just by him doing what he could do, not even playing the whole season. You know, and then Paxton came in, uh, played a couple of games for us in the uh, 2020 season at the end, played well, won the starting job going into this fall around week three because we were rotating quarterbacks the first couple of games. Uh, but he ended up winning the job, and, uh, you know, they had some good chemistry. And we tried to make sure we did some things intentionally in practice during the work week to make sure that we had them on the same page, you know, as uh, far as uh, in the scheme of what we wanted to do. So they did, they did, it was instrumental in uh, what we did. 
Coming back, you've got a couple of uh, all-conference offensive linemen in Torrance Evans and Trenton Byers. Talk to me about, uh, I don't want to say rebuilding your offense because, you know, you, you do have to do that a little bit, but talk to me about what you've got coming back. Well, we lost a lot of guys, no doubt about that. We lost some, you know, we had some big-name guys, Kari Henley, Will Miles, Catavius, Marco S. Daniels, but we lost a lot of transmission guys. You know, if I mean by that, guys that glue guys that we lost, Cooper, uh, Coop Wilson, uh, Sean Simmons, got Anthony Hernandez on defense, my, a lot of guys that were seniors that's been with us. But we feel we got a good stable of young guys, obviously, that didn't get a chance to get on the field, but learn from those guys on how we go about our business. So we're looking forward, you know, um, we got a couple of guys in the defensive line. Obviously, LaMarcus Washington had a good season for us. Should be returning. Um, Eric Mays in the secondary. Be a four-year starter for us again. You know, potentially maybe an NFL prospect. And uh, we got a couple of young receivers that we really like uh, that we red-shirted or that didn't play this season. So, you know, we feel good about the direction we're going. It'll obviously to get some guys in here that's semester uh, to help us out. But, you know, we base a lot on our offseason to tell us a, a good indicator on how we'll be in the fall. Because I tell our guys, I got a saying from Coach Atterbury, he used to be uh, head coach of Texas A&M Kingsville that I worked for a number of years. He used to always tell our guys, the fall will ask what you did in the spring and summer. And it's critical that we get to work in in the spring and not just the, the football practices part. You know, because that's where you build your team at. You'll know who you have a pretty good indicator once you finish spring on what type of team you'll have moving forward. As far as I feel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and 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 we'll see coming up, right? Right now, you know, you you've got players that are putting in the work, uh, doing their their lifting. Um, are are y'all one of those colleges that has a lot of kids um stay? I know we're we're uh, just coming out of winter break right now, but are you, are you usually a team over the summer that has a lot of kids that go home and work, or uh, do y'all have a few stay on? We've increased our numbers every year. Um, this year, we probably had about 20, 25 pre-COVID. That number got up to 40 in the 40s. So hopefully we can make a little bounce back this summer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. But the thing about us, it's, the good thing is our core guys that be around. You know, our core guys that be around in the summer so you know that's something we talk about in the first meeting too about getting the mindset of being there for the summer looking back at last season uh y'all started out at three and two now granted that front half of the season had y'all starting out at Grandview the national semifinalist or the national Mm -hmm. runner-up mind you and Culver Stockton who I've I've had my eyes on as a real nice team uh there in in the heart and then y'all rip off six wins in a row, including um, games where I, myself, I will cult to it. I picked Benedictine to beat y'all. Uh, I watched and that you game. Said, since like 07, <laughs> 06, maybe 05. When I first got here, we, uh, I talked to all the kids about who's the rivalry and things of that nature. And everybody said, where's Missouri Valley? It's like 30 minutes from us in Marshall, right? And they was like, I said, okay, when I looked up the record. I said, when the last time we beat Valley? It was 1996. I'm like, they don't even know we're rivalry. What you talking about, rivalry? They don't even know. You know what I'm saying? I said, so, you know, we got to earn our respect. 
you know, with the with the with the the top half of the football point in the NAI. I mean, Benedictine, Baker, Grandview, Missouri Valley. You think about those schools. Missouri Valley is all-time winners in the high school. Benedictine has been perennial playoff. This came out national championship two years ago. Baker was in the semis a year ago. They every year in the playoffs. Grandview every year. You know, so you got to go beat those guys. You can't talk about playing with them. You know, you got you got to go find ways to compete with them and try to beat those guys. Let's talk about the Baker game real quick. Um, mm-hmm. That you know, after you after you beat Benedictine. And, and you beat Mid-American Nazarene and Missouri Valley, which, uh, you, you know, yes, Missouri Valley is traditional power, but um, they've, they've got some work to do. Um, I'd, I'd love to see them make, make a run. But, um, but at this point of, of their program, they, they've got work to do. So really, you, you come down to that Baker game, and this is going to decide for y'all um, if y'all get that share. Of of the heart, talk to me about uh, really and, and truly that your defense really surprised me. Keeping JD Woods in check, talk to me about that Baker game and not getting too high in there and keeping them uh, at bay. Well, I don't know if you really keep JD in check because he That's ended up true. ripping off one. You that know, is true. Uh, he's just a player. I'm just glad he's not coming back again. He is all time. Uh, you know, and uh, no, we just—I mean, we just try to keep a puncher's chance. You know what I mean by that is, I try to get our guys to play to play their own, and understand the results. And don't get high, don't get too low. Cause just like when you make interception as a DB, if you're thinking about the interception, you can sort of turn around next play and give up a touchdown. You know, just play to play your own, the best of your ability, allow them to sign the technique, energy and effort, and then we'll move from there. You know, that's why guys. You know, I think our kids. Did a good job of trying to prepare their week, watching film, understanding what Baker, you know, wanted to do to us. And they still got some great plays off on us. Uh, they do a good job with their scheme. They do, their kids play hard. They're, they're definitely consistent on their fundamentals. And offensives, that's to me, they're consistent on their fundamentals, taking their first three steps correctly. It's hard to determine what the play is going to be because they make everything like their zone boot look like their inside zone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And it, all that. So, and their releases on their routes look the same. If they're running vertical, if they're running a flat. So it's hard, you know, to 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 play against those guys, snap in and snap out, because they're so consistent with the fundamentals. And that's why those teams are good, though. I will I will give JD Woods his his credit. The all time, uh, the NAI goat rusher uh, broke uh, two NAI rushing records this season. He did go off for a buck eighty one and three touchdowns. It's uh. Why Baker was was in that game late because uh, y'all get, y'all did do a good job uh, really everywhere else. Um, yes. The oh, next, I'll, go ahead. How do you? How do you? I am thirty one. Okay, so you would remember Patrick Crane that played for the Dallas Cowboys. He played receiver. Yes. he was at Northwest Oklahoma State NAIA, and I thought he was the best NAIA player I seen as a coach until I saw JD Woods. Ooh, that's high praise. <laughs> That is, yeah, yeah, I remember Patrick Crichton. Um, yes. The, just imagine him on a uh, small college football field. Jiminy Christmas. <laughs> Jiminy Christmas. So the week after you play Baker at, at home, uh, you have to go and play Evangel. And, you know, no, Evangel didn't have um, 
you know, one of the seasons where they're they're fighting Baker at the end for a berth, but Evangel's still gonna bite you if you if you overlook them. How did you how did you prep your your team to play solidly at Evangel that week after Baker? Well, uh, it started before Baker actually. I I think our defining moment in, in our season came after we uh, didn't get done. We were supposed to do a cover. Right. So after that game, we got back and, you know, we had a team meeting. And I told him, like, look, the playoff starts for us now. Because our main goal was to get into the playoffs this season as our first step. And I said, our playoff starts now. And if we don't run the table, we will be going home after we play events. I can guarantee you that. So that is stuck with them after we beat Baker. And then we found out Evangel had lost that same week, the week we beat Baker. And, you know, everybody's, hey, hey, hey. I'm like, look here. Because NAI do the regional rankings now. And I said, if we lose to Evangel, we're going home. Baker will get the other spot. So you can celebrate if you want to, but I'm telling you the facts of the situation. And, you know, every year it's been a nip and tuck game with Evangel, except when they came down here, uh, I think, in 19. And we kind of jumped on them early. But every year it's come down to a one- or two-play game with those guys. So I – Coach Hep does a good job, and he all, like you said, they're going to always scrap, and, you know, they're going to be well coached. They're going to get after you on both sides of the ball, even in special teams. they tremendous on their field goal block unit and their punt block unit and punt team. So you got to be ready to play those guys, and our guys know that. You know, their quarterback and Paxton was from the same high school, so, you know, there was some competition there and stuff like that. And, you know, so, you know, I just told the guys, hey, if we don't get this done, we'll be going home. And it's a long ride back from Springfield to Fayette for three hours after loss because I'd have done it. <laughs> that is that is one thing that that bus ride home after a win is is I imagine amazing. It's the shortest bus ride ever. That bus ride after a loss, oh, man. nah, that ain't no fun. That ain't <laughs> well, no fun. It take like three hours. <laughs> Absolutely. I I want to ask here then. How do you translate your success in 2021 and that focus you had down the stretch? How do you use that not only for your team coming back next year as a springboard, but how do you use it as a springboard for your program for next year? Well, I first thing is to, to keep the guys here focused. So after we had our last team meeting, that the seniors talked, and I let them leave and meet with the rest of the team that's returning. And I tell them, just like that, those guys walk out, it's the start of a new season right now. There's no more Contavious Taylors to bail us out on a, on a bomb over the top. There's no more Will Miles to make a play. Who's going to be the next Contavious Taylor? Who's going to be the next Will Miles? And that, I, put that, I try to put that on their mind while they go home for Christmas. That's where we start at with that. And just, you know, and then we'll get going, we'll get back here in school. But that's just the first foundation piece to me is to get those guys to understand it's your team now. It's new captains. Every team takes on their own identity. And it's your opportunity. You know, if you didn't like your role that you had last year, it's your chance to improve your role. But it's totally up to you. I love that idea of, of changing that culture that way, of flipping that calendar. Um, just, to, just to read off kind of a stat of how um, – how much of a, a high watermark this was for 
y'all last year. Uh, this is 2021 was the first season since 1991 where you were more than a game over 500. And it was your first nine win season since 1930. Correct. <laughs> 1930, Central Methodist went 9 and 0. Correct. Yep. So definitely, definitely a high watermark uh, there for CMU and, and definitely was a fun season to watch. So, y'all, so you kind of had this idea coming in because I like to ask, you know, uh, coaches uh, on teams that sort of quote unquote came out of nowhere. At what point did you realize that you had a playoff team on your hands? Two points. First in the spring. And I, what, what I put those guys through as far as conditioning and our staff as far as conditioning and mental toughness. And, you know, we had guys that didn't break. So, you know, we tried to make it as competitive where Saturdays in the fall wouldn't be as tough. Or that's the thought process. So we had a lot of guys stick during that time. You know? Uh, and then the, the next time I felt that we was for real and we in the loss to Grandview. And what I mean by that is we were able to run the football on Grandview this year. Nobody runs the football on Grandview, you know? And so I felt, and that's why I told the guy, I said, yeah, we lost the game, but I know we have toughness because we ran the ball on a team that don't allow you to run the ball. Grandview does not give up rush yards. And so after that, I knew we had a chance if we could just keep our guys together and not get disappointed because of that loss. So that's what I knew after that, looking at the stat sheets and looking at the tape, we was able to run the ball on those guys. I said, okay, we, we got an opportunity. So Paxton Delorent, you, you, you talk about, you talk about him. Um, he uh, goes, goes on. He's, he's transferring out for y'all. Mm-hmm. What um, are y'all planning to have an open competition? Do you kind of have a guy in mind as his, as his heir apparent? What's that process like for y'all? Well, with this particular, because we brought in three other freshmen quarterbacks at the same time Paxton came in. So we, we felt good about those guys at the same time. We still feel good about them. You know, uh, just Paxton just won the job. Uh, we got Matt Loon. I feel good about this spring out of San Antonio. Has a live on. Uh, you know, Evan Roberson. Then, we, you know, we're looking to hopefully get a piece of here, too. Uh, but it's, nope, it's going to be competition. It's going to be – nobody's going to start. It's going to be a competition in every position here for the spring for us. You know, well, I got I got one rule. You got to fight. If you're a starter, you're fighting to keep your job every day. If you're not a starter, you're fighting to take a job. Either way, you need to be scrapping and fighting. I hear that. That makes – look, That's that explains a lot about the team that I watched play Northwestern and gave Northwestern every bit of what they of, – of all they could take. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I came away from that Northwestern game not not disappointed in the game at all, uh, but was going, sitting there going, all right, this is, CMU is a team that's that's going to fight, and it's, it's going to give you all you want. Yeah, if you're not going to scrap, it's tough to be around us as a coaching staff. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. So one thing I, I do want to ask, and, and this is kind of one of my questions that I'm asking everybody this year in, in one form or another, you've been at CMU for seven years now. How do you, as as a head coach, work on building your program outside the lines, uh, setting setting 
your athletic department up for long-term success? What does that look like for y'all with that relationship building? Well, the biggest thing with us relationship building is every year making sure that this team has an identity for this team. I think that's important. You know, that we're not the 2021 team anymore. That's in the past. And, you know, you can enjoy that, but you can't rest on that. You know, and I think that's the biggest thing with us. And just, you know, catching the wave of success and widening our net recruiting. You know, because obviously with wins come more interest. And it's been a lot of interest from alumni, which I think is important because that's the foundation of, to me, especially small college, of lifeblood in recruiting. You know, so getting people that normally wouldn't say, hey, I got a guy, you know, that you need to look at and building off of growing new relationships. I feel that's how you expand that situation. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on with me tonight. Best of luck next year. I know it's, um, you know, we've just turned our calendars to 2022, but I know you are probably chomping at the bit to get into spring ball and then into, and into fall and get back out there and get playing again? Well, I'm just chopping at the bit to get our guys back on campus, see them, you know, because I didn't have them do anything once we stopped, just get some rest, enjoy the moment. But once we come back, you know, third week in January, then we'll get going. I The football games are fun, don't get me wrong. Winning is fun, but the spring is, is where you get your foundation. That's where you find out who you're going to be. And that's the part that I'm interested in because – now we have a cycle of guys that have that didn't go through the lean years. They didn't go through the 70 to 10 whoopings up in Benedictine, the 67 to 3. They don't know nothing about that. So we got to go back to, hey, this is where we came from, and this is how we got there by doing ABC in this direction. You know, so to get them to say, we still got to work. What, what would you rather coach? That, that's, a, that's a really good question. Would you rather coach a group of guys that's had a little bit of the taste of winning and, know, and, and knows what that feels like, that, that, that hit uh, uh, that you get off winning, or a team that knows what it is to lose? Well, I, I, I guess it's, it's when you enter that program. Like, you in, like when I entered here, it was not winning. So you have to set that foundation on how to, you know, be successful and take the small battles. But somebody came in, you know, you would like this because coming off winning season that you coming into a group that got a taste of it. And you can build off of that, you know what I'm saying? But with our guys, like I said, I'm taking – we'll be going back to, like, it was the lean days from the spring and doing things that I didn't have to – that. So like a junior in our school, in our system right now, it's some stuff that we did in 16 and 17 that they didn't have a part of in the spring that was rigorous. They'll get that now. You know what I'm saying? Because they got to go back through to really appreciate being a part of where we are now. That's, that's amazing. So, again, thank you, Coach Calloway, for coming on with us tonight. Appreciate you. Looking forward to it. And I can't wait to see you all in the fall. Hey, I appreciate you. Happy New Year, man, and uh, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast, powered by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. 
Thanks also to Mommy Bay and Turf Nation for their support of the NAIAF Ball Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe to the podcast and to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app that allows you to leave a rating and review. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash ball and become a patron. We can't do what we do without support from our sponsors and listeners like you.